every year, these guys fight for their career. You picked a hell of a year to start following the PGA Tour. All right, we are back with a very, very special bonus episode of Full Swing Thoughts. I'm Shane Ryan here with Alex Myers and Sam Weinman from Golf Digest. As usual, we have been through every episode of Full Swing. We have analyzed it to death. And today we said enough is enough. We're going right to the top. We are bringing in a very special guest, Chad Mum. Chad is the chief creative officer at Vox Media Studios. He is the executive producer of Full Swing. This is his baby. Chad, by way of introduction, uh, you are not just a Hollywood big shot. You are a self-proclaimed golf sicko. You love the game. This is not just a passion project for you. This is something you have tried to make happen for years, and we are less than a week from that becoming a reality. So first off, congratulations. And second off, I want to know how you're feeling right now. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Shane. I really am excited to be here with you guys today. So yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's Friday of the uh, Waste Management, so I'm back in uh, Scottsdale. We've got our world premiere uh, here on Saturday night, and then the show's dropping on Netflix on Wednesday the 15th. So I'm feeling good. I mean, people have been asking me that question. In some ways, like, this is the easy part. Like, this thing's done. It's delivered. Just waiting for you, you know, to light up on your Netflix queue. So um, I'm excited. I can't wait for people to see it. You know, as you as you alluded to, this has been a long time in development, and uh, and so to finally have it like ready to go, uh, I'm pumped. So I'm I'm excited. I feel Chad, really good. Congratulations on on the show. We we watched all eight episodes, and it's fair to say we we first of all we loved watching it, and then we loved talking about it as golf nerds. We loved breaking it down. Uh, I know you have a limited time, so I want to ask you if, uh, one question, which is, as we watch this, we we wanted to know. Who did you envision as your audience for this? You know, we're golf people. Mm -hmm. uh, was it us? Was it sort of people who knew nothing about golf? Was it somewhere in between? Yeah. No, I think we, from the beginning, we always wanted to try to use this show to expand the audience for golf. I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of surprising, actually, that golf hasn't had a treatment like this before. You know, there's like Ch Shane and I actually talked about this, I think, uh, in Memphis, but like golf and baseball, they just spawn such great sports writing. Like there's such a long history of great writing around those two sports in particular because it's so mental. It's kind of in between the years. And we just felt like golf has, you know, this impression, pro golf in particular had this impression that, you know, if you're not, if you're a casual sports fan, you kind of think, I mean, there's always the argument, right? Like is golf a sport? Is it a hobby? Whatever. We wanted to open that up, bring people inside this world and really kind of show these athletes for what they are, which is, you know, interesting, dynamic, oftentimes actually cool. And what it, what it's like to be out there, you know, it's sort of like, I would say like maybe the loneliest sport, you know, it's all on your back. You're, you're traveling week, when, week in and week out. It's kind of this like traveling circus. Uh, but when you're out there, you got to hit the shot to win. It's just you. There's no place to fall back on. And, you know, for these guys, the they're all amazing, you know, ball strikers. So just trying to get inside their heads and understand who they are as people to build those stakes for those big competitive moments. That was the goal. And we thought that if we did that right, uh, the audience for this, it would satisfy the, the golf sickos. And I consider myself one of them to the point where I still watch the, you know, I've watched every episode hundreds of times, like giving notes on it as we were developing it and putting it together. It's like still finding moments that I'm as a golf fan, I am so glad that we captured that are in the show. But um, I think the hope was always to, to do something that, you know, you could watch with your friend who's not a golfer or your spouse or your, you know, my, my dream was like my, my aunt calling me being like, sure. I love the show. It was great. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, been, there's been a lot of debate over whether the live stuff, you know, 
was was a blessing for you guys or a curse? What, I wonder where you fall on that. Obviously, this show would have happened if none of that ever happened, but that obviously changed up how you were going to cover um, these guys and how you were going to cover the, the season. You made this decision to go help Saudi Arabia, and here these atrocities are that you're helping hide. The journey you've been told about Saudi Arabia is on. How is that journey helping the women oppressed in Saudi Arabia, the migrant groups, their rights violated, the LGBTQ individuals who are criminalized, the families of the 81 men who were executed in March, and those being bombed in Yemen? Yeah, I, I think when it, when it first came down, it felt like maybe it was a curse in some mm. ways because we had amazing access. If you want, you know, you'll see in the show, Brooks Kepka is somebody that we've been working with for, you know, the entire history of shooting the show. The first interview we did was, you know, he was one of the first interviews we did. He had given us amazing access. Jenna, his fiance and now wife, really interesting character. Just the two of them and their dynamic was so good. And we were really worried that, that he was going to sort of shut us out, you know, mm. as this started to move along. Same thing with Ian Poulter, Dustin Johnson, like, mm we had great access from these guys. And so, you know, we'd spent a lot of time invested in, and, you know, resources invested in sort of telling their stories. And, and we were afraid that they were going to just kind of shut us down. Um, but they did it. And, and it obviously it turned into this incredibly high stakes thing that like sits, uh, you know, kind of beneath all the drama of the, of the series. And what, what was really interesting about it was that you have golfers who aren't really known for being like that outspoken about anything, now they're being asked these questions about geopolitics and even more importantly, like <laughs> yeah. about like what, it, what, what, why they're even here? Like, is it to win? Is it for legacy? Is it because playing the PGA tour has been their dream their whole life or is it for money? Is this a business to them or is this a passion? I'm really happy and proud of the way oh, you've spoken up. Thank you very thank much. You for doing thank it. You. And it's uh, it's, so that created these really, you know, like I said, these really interesting stakes that I think gave the show an extra, an extra sort of boost especially as we were sort of telling, you know, thinking about how we're going to unfold these narratives um, and how we pair players together in, in each episode. So, um, yeah. So I think at the end of the day, you know, it, it whether or not it's good for golf, you know, who knows, uh, mm. but certainly for our show, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly leveled up the stakes for a lot of the characters in it. On that topic, um, you know, when we hung out in Memphis, one of the things you told me is that we are going to depict everything, honestly, including the live stuff. So if somebody comes off unsympathetic, we're going to show them, being unsympathetic and having watched this we did find that certain characters you know and we'll get into the weeds on that stuff but we did find that certain people were unsympathetic now it occurred to me though watching it you have to balance that with the fact that you may want these guys for season two or you may want other people for season two who watch the show and go wow i don't like the way that guy came off and i did like the way that guy came off am i like rolling the dice here uh how does that work for you when you are trying to balance that and you have an eye on sort of the future of the show I think we just want we what we told the players is that if it's important to them, it's going to be important to us. And we just want to show up and sort of become flies on the wall, disappear and sort of see what their life is like. You know, we didn't really like prompt anybody to to, you know, hang themselves. I should say it was like we just created a we just put the cameras on and, and said, like, why don't you tell us about what you're thinking right now? But it's, it's been bad lately. It's interesting how mental it is. Goes to the thing where you over if you overthink it. So if Scotty, if Scotty ain't doing it, why am I doing it? I don't know. And, you know, we're not there to editorialize. I mean, I think the show, I'm very proud of the fact that, like, we didn't shy away from the live stuff. We also didn't really come to it with, like, an agenda. We were just like, let's let the players explain, you know. And, and the whole point of this was always, like, if it's important to them, it's important to us. And also, 
I want them to watch it and say like, that's what my year was like. Like that was true to what, what it was like. And I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't presume to uh, guess who you're thinking about when you're in that reference, but <laughs> you know, I think a player like Ian Poulter, like really was like, you see a new side of like that argument, you know, and, and you see him with his family and how devoted he is as a dad. And it's not like put on for the camera. I mean, it's truly like he looks, he's looking at his kids getting older and as you know, if anybody you know, here has kids, like it happens so fast and you look back and you're like, man, every Thursday, well, I mean, really Monday through Sunday, I'm gone. I'm on the road. I'm not there. I'm missing birthdays. You heard a little bit of that again from um, Paulina Gretzky. You know, her dad was never around, uh, missing her birthdays, missing holidays. And you start to recalculate what's most important to you. And I think, you know, again, whether or not viewers come down on the side of saying, okay, well, now I have more context for this and maybe I changed my opinion. I mean, we weren't trying to change anyone's opinion. We're just trying to present it as, as it was. Um, so, you know, there is, we can't really count. Well, look, we can never count on a season two. You know, I hope the, I hope tens of millions of people watch this show. I hope it becomes the next drive to survive, but we can never count on it. So mm-hmm. all you have is yeah. what you have right now. And so our goal is to just make the best possible show in these eight episodes that we have and, and take things from there. I actually, you mentioned Ian Poulter. I thought he came across as one of the more sympathetic guys, like guys I didn't, I, a guy I didn't have strong feelings for, but you, you told his story well. You told his reasoning well. I think the same thing with Kepka. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing I wanted to ask is, at some point you obviously locked in. We're going to follow this guy. We're going to follow this guy. We're going to get access to this guy. Then you have to make the decision about how you're going to structure these episodes, right? When was that decision made? When did you decide? You know what? I'm going to pair. Brooks Kepka and Scotty Scheffler. I'm going to pair Mito Pereira and Sahis Tagalog. When was that decision made? And 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 how did that sort of change how you were filming them as well? I mean, the Brooks-Scotty pairing is like the most epically, you couldn't script a better duo <laughs> who are like more opposite. You know, right. Brooks is like tortured in his mansion and he's got all the Jordans and his wife's like got her bikini so pull good. up on. Yeah. And Scotty's like highlighting Bible verses, you know. <laughs> right. It's just, yeah. It's yeah. like you can, and then, and then there was something interesting about, about that. The, you know, the, the big irony of it is Brooks and Scotty have the same agent, which is really funny uh, to me. And so anyway, so we started at the beginning of the year, you know, I think we, we talked about this before and Shane, I think wrote about this in his piece, but the first thing we do with all these players is an audio interview. So we don't, we don't put the cameras out at the beginning because what we've sort of learned and really, I, this is really, I give full credit to Paul Martin and James K. Reese, you know, my partners, other, the ex, other executive producers at box to box, like they've learned that if you put a camera and a light on an athlete, they're going to go into like media training mode, sure. you know, they're just so used to it. And, and that's the default for them. But when you take the mic away or when you take the cameras away and you just have a microphone and you ask them to come in street clothes and you just sit and you say, hey, this, we're not going to talk about how you, how you played yesterday. We're not going to talk about, you know, what what you're thinking about going into the weekend. We're just going to ask you who you are and, and ask you why you play golf and, and what is important to you. What are the relationships that matter? You know, all of that stuff. What what events are you circling on your calendar? When are you taking time off? Like all that stuff is what we do in those audio interviews. And that gave us basically a foundation of these kind of characters and we essentially wrote out it was like in i think we did it in february so uh, february of last year we sat down with all the sort after we wrapped all the interviews these first audio interviews we basically just kind of wrote the series and we said Hmm. okay here's here's like 10 episodes that we think could work based on who we know and so you know brooks and scotty were always sort of penciled in potentially to be together because in february that's that's incredible that's because amazing. it's just such a there's such a good natural contrast to each other. You know, you have like alpha guy and you have and they're both incredible right. golfers. And we knew Scotty was going to play well. 
it just felt like they were a really nice like compliment to each other. And then another one that we had really early on paired together was Tony Finau and Colin Morikawa. And that really became, because in their interviews, they both were so inspired by Tiger. I think a big motivation for me, I would say, is a guy that we all know by the name of Tiger Woods. You guys heard of him? I watched Tiger. I started playing golf in the summer of 97. You guys know what happened in April of 97? The reason why I play golf is because of Tiger. He opened up a pathway for so many more kids I never would have thought, you know, golf was for them. In such different ways. And they had taken something totally different from what they had learned from Tiger. You know, Tony as like, it's a, he's a, it was a trailblazer. He's the reason he plays golf. It shows that a person who looks like him could play golf and succeed in that level. Colin took taking away this mental intensity and like this focus on perfectionism and being, you know, an absolute killer. Like that's what Colin took away. And so we thought those two would have a very interesting, you know, pairing together. Um, I think Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth for obvious reasons, you know, their friendship is really real. I mean, Jordan was the best man at his wedding. Um, they kind of have this back and forth. And so we thought, you know, that's a, that's an obvious one. Um, you know, Mito and Sahith, we, we wanted to do a rookies episode. So that was always the plan. And it's, it's kind of amazing what ended up happening. You know, we were like, okay, we're going to have these journey, you know, we'll have like Joel Damon as kind of like a self-belief, you know, everyone else believes in you. How do you believe in yourself kind of thing? Uh, but we always were like, it's rookies are always a great story. It's easy. You know, like it's, they're showing up, they don't know where to park. They, you know, like it's just seeing it through <laughs> fresh eyes, like a viewer almost like that, you know, we, we were with Sahith and like, you know, he's showing up at Riviera or it was Mito rode with him from the airport to Riviera. It's like, he didn't know where to park because you know, it was his first time ever being there. And it's like, that stuff is, you know, honest and, and relatable. Um, but what we never expected was, you know, Sahith to then go on the run at, at the, at this, you know, last year's waste management, be, be there with Scotty, you know, and, and have like that heartbreak. And then again, to have it happen with Mito, because we're like, we want to follow a rookie at a major. Like, what's that like playing your first major? And so Mito shows up the PGA championship. We just were going to try and soak in that experience. And then he goes on that run and gets in the final group. And, you know, we all know sort of what happened on the last hole. So, um, so that one was a really fun, interesting dynamic that came together. So I would say maybe like, maybe like five of the eight episodes, wow. we, we really, that really almost played out kind of like we, wanted and, and had sort of originally scripted and then a few like Rory was unexpected and so that was you know we sort of had to pivot there um we we had wanted to do one actually on the Latin players on tour just because they have such a camaraderie like that's where that's why we filmed so much with Joaquin and some of those other guys it was like they're almost like a sports team like it's truly like a camaraderie that that's very different from like the other relationships on tour like they live together they hang out together their wives are all friends they they pick each other up when they fall they're there to celebrate mm -hmm. And that one, you know, ended up pivoting into the Mito's rookie episode. But, um, but yeah, so for, for the most part, we put it up on the wall and we said, okay, here's the structure. Let's send out our story teams and you guys focus, you, you know, guys and girls, like focus on getting beats for those stories and we'll just see where the chips fall, you know? Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you know, obviously kind of getting lucky with, with Mito, you know, having that experience with the PGA and Sahith as well. How many times did something happen with the guys that you were following and say, Oh, this is, thank goodness this happened because even Scheffler, I mean, you mapped out this episode with Scheffler and Kepka, but no one would know that then Scheffler would go on such a meteoric rise where it, you know, provided that contrast again, how Kepka loses his game, Scheffler uh, finds it. Um, how many times were you guys like, yes, we, we really hit the jackpot here with what happened? Well, well, look, I, I don't want to pretend that we're that brilliant because he had already won like three times, you know, Scotty, when we, when it was February and we wrote that okay, out. Um, okay. 
you know, it was, uh, it was post, I think it was like right after API. So there was like, it was obvious that he was playing great golf and we, we knew going into the masters, we'd sort of thought that would, you know, it didn't take a genius to think that he was going to play well, but, but, you know, I'll take the credit for it, I guess. Um, I mean, it happened, that happened so many times this yeah. year that we just looked at each other and pinched, you know, we were like, pinch, pinch me, we must be dreaming because, <laughs> and it's so much so that we started kind of jokingly calling it the Netflix effect. Like you played all week really to win. And now this is just, what is this? Yeah, look, he doesn't know what to do. Everything's <laughs> can see and feel everything. We would sign a player and then they would like, right. you know, be on the final, final group, you know, or play, or win a major or win a tournament, you know? And it was like, how does this keep happening to us? You know? And, uh, and I, that's where I thought like going into the open championship, you know, we had, we had gone to Rory's team and basically said, look, this is the, this is the, this is it. You know, like he is destined here at St. Andrews. Mm -hmm. And we basically said, we're going to film you like you're in the show. And when you win, you're going to sign and we're going to have it. And it's going to be great. So that's why we had so much Rory there. We just did it like just shot it like he was in and he, you know, thank, thankfully like didn't tell us to, you know, get away. Like he let us do it. And we we're just like, Oh, this is going to be perfect. And so that was we're like, we're like, okay, we got it. We're, you know, we're like, we're like five for five on this. It's going to be great. He's going to win. And then obviously we know what happens. He got yeah. beat by two Camerons. Like it must be the most confusing, debilitating result of his career. Everything in the week has yeah. led to this. It's just like, and then to go back to him and say, you know, I know you, you know, said if you win, you're in, but like, we need you now. And for him to say yes to that. And then, and then, and then, me, you know, after he signs FedEx Cup, look, right. I'm not saying, but hey, you know. <laughs> okay. So that, Shane, that, sorry, sorry, Shane. Please that go. Yeah. Explains because we were kind of like the one thing we were, we, felt might be missing from that Rory episode was like you jump ahead two weeks after the open, but that explains it. You weren't around him for those two weeks after the, the crushing loss because he wasn't officially in yet. So that, yeah, that's okay. That makes, that makes a lot more sense with that. Okay. Um, Chad on the Rory topic. I don't think Rory McIlroy is ever going to win another major. I think he is too psychologically damaged to succeed at the top of the game. Wow. Now, you heard it here I first. Don't, I don't oh, actually, Jake. I don't, I don't actually oh. believe that, but I noticed that you use audio from podcasts at different points in the series. And so I wanted to say something that might have a chance to get on season two. If he does win, you can play it. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> I did, you know, we, we have gone through and, you know, we're golf nerds. We've analyzed and overanalyzed everything. I think all three of us agree that the Joel Damon episode was our favorite. Nice shot, you boners. <laughs> My caddy called me a boner today. Uh, the Rory episode was up there. You may be too close to the material at this point to to have a favorite moment or to, or on the flip side to have something going, man, I wish we had like done better there or I wish we had got something more there. But I did want to ask you, you know, like what's closest to your heart here and, you know, and the flip side as well. So I, I think, you know, for me, I have a, I have a special place in my heart for the Matt Fitzpatrick, Dustin Johnson episode, just because from a filmmaking perspective, like that final round at the US Open was just so cinematic, like it was overcast, mm. there was sort of fog, it looked like a Revolutionary War movie, you know, and the, you hear the fans, they were just chirping them all day, like the, the Boston crowds were brutal. Yeah. Um, and then the, the final shot, you know, like to, to have enough context to be with somebody for an entire year. To have all that lead up and build up to that one moment where you have to hit a shot to win a major championship. You gotta, you gotta hit a great shot to win a major. Three, two, two, three, 
And to hit that shot and pull it off uh, was, uh, you know, I think it's one of the best shots in, I mean, certainly in U.S. Open history. So, and then we, you know, his family was just, they were so honest. They were so, they welcomed us in in such a major way. It was so cool. So that By the way, was Chad, really just to interrupt you real quick. I just want to just real quick say that we all noted that the way you captured that shot was really well done. And that was like the best um, captured shot, I think, of the whole show. Sorry, continue. Well, though, well, well and, and I'm leading to a place where there's a good anecdote about how we ended up using that Bon Iver song. So, what we, the first cut of that scene that we saw, you know, in, in our edit was like, you know, it was it was a, a, a big dramatic shot, sort of upbeat music. You're like, OK, here we go. It finally happened like the, the you know, it's wide open. Here we go. We did it. And we're just like, ah, it doesn't doesn't quite doesn't quite nail it. You know, like emotionally felt like we need something that just was even more like a release. And so our editor like goes back and it's like, okay, we got this. And, and then basically put that, just found that track, you know, pulled it off Spotify or something, put it in there and we watched it. And it was like mm. chills, you know, like that perfect way to, to, to put the stamp on that moment. Then we were like, okay, we got to get the song from Bon Iver, you know? And so that's, that's like, <laughs> it's, you know, a needle drop like that is not a, you know, it is, it, it requires some significant resources. The other thing we found out, so I started asking around all my friends in the music industry. I'm like, who knows Justin Vernon? Can you get to his management company, whatever? And it's like, as you probably, you know, not surprised here, Justin Vernon operates like very small, you know, he's like in a cabin in the woods basically. And it's like you, he has full rights over, like he needs full approval over any usage and he doesn't really do film and TV. And so it was kind of like, not going to happen. They're like, hmm. no chance he approves it. You know, probably want, you know, maybe not even watch it. Who knows? So we prepped this like 10 minute in sequence thing where he gave, basically cut, you know, a bit of that episode out. We sent it to him like on a prayer, like, please watch this. We want to license this track and like silence. And then two days later, like our archive guy gets a note back. It's like, Justin loved it. Approved. <laughs> and we're like, oh wow. my God. Wow. I don't know if he's done like much other film and TV. And so, yeah, that was just yet another one of these like special moments where you're, you're just like, oh, how does this keep happening to us? So, uh, but yeah, that one really, you know, that one really, uh, that just from a storytelling perspective was, was very satisfying. I, I think the Brooks Koepke episode fascinates me because I find Brooks to be such a fascinating person, such a fascinating character. And I think, you know, he, he's so interesting. The Tony Fina episode, you know, as a father, like myself, it's just, if he, he, he just gone through so much and there's a lot of heart in that episode. And then, yeah, I mean, Joel and Gino, you can't beat Joel and Gino. Right. So good. Yeah. I want to return to the question I asked earlier about who your audience was. You had mentioned that you're, um, you know, a golf sicko as, as we all are. And I found myself at times being uh, nitpicky at times about little details. So to what extent did you have to sort of stop yourself or did you fight that fight with your, with your, you know, your staff about, you know, this is a little too inside baseball. We need to be a little broader here. And, and what was that tension like between satisfying the 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 golf truth of this and also making it relatable to everyone else yeah i think that was you know that was a that was tension the whole time you know it's like how do you what's too much detail what's too little detail i mean we spent like a literally a month arguing about how you define par because if you look it up in dictionary yes. it's like five sentences long and we only had like 10 words that we could use to put <laughs> on the screen 
so, you know, yeah, we got into the weeds a little bit on that stuff. But you said, you know, uh, Chad, I, think, I think you said expected the expected score in every hole. And I saw it and I was like, not for me. Not yeah. For me buddy. yeah, I know. That's the problem, right? We're like expected score in a hole. But like for who, you know, we went yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth on that for yeah. a long time, um, which just shows you, you know, like exactly what we we're trying to deal with in terms of explaining this really difficult, weird sport to people who've never seen it before. But we know millions and millions and millions of people have never watched a golf, never watched golf on TV they're going to watch this and they're going to need to fall in love with these characters and they're going to need to understand what their stakes are. Remember, this is going into like 50 something countries mm -hmm. translating into 20 something languages, you know, like and maybe more than 50, like it's, it's all over the world. Like people, there will be millions of people who have never watched golf, who watch this show and this is their introduction mm -hmm. to the sport. And so the, the big core is like, we always wanted to come back to like, what is the human, what is the motivation? It's basic storytelling. What's mm -hmm. the motivation for this person? What are they trying to overcome? And how are they going to get there? It's like the hero's journey in every episode. And oftentimes, like we get in the weeds of like, who's making the cut this week, this thing, these little kind of early round, like moves that really drive the golf narrative week in and week out on sort of golf Twitter. But like, it's just like, no, no, pull it back. Like, yeah. how do you make this relatable? How do you make this human? How do you set up the stage for, for real emotion? And, and that was, you know, James Gay Reese is, is really, really good at that. And he was sort of that consistent voice in our edit process, just saying, let's, let's pull it back and simplify the narrative. Let's not try to bite off too much. Let's just give you something you can grab onto. And then, you know, let's go on a ride. Uh, you mentioned a, a world premiere this Saturday. I assume those involved have seen the screeners and I'm sure they've checked out, gone right to the episodes that they're mm -hmm. the stars of. What have you, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the players who, uh, you know, were really heavily involved so far? So I actually, I won't let them do that because oh, okay. I don't want them watching it out of context. So okay. when we, I have screened it for most of the players. I've invited every player to screen and not everybody's taking me up on it, but we do it okay. over zoom like this. So I'll, I'll hop on with them and kind of tee it up <laughs> and give them some context and then I'll watch them watch it. And then we talk about it afterwards. And, uh, and the feedback has been really good. It was, it was really, and actually Rory was the last player to watch it. He just watched it last Thursday. And, uh, and he, you know, was very proud and, li and liked it, but mentioned, you know, that he hadn't watched the open anything mm. about it since <laughs> then. And it was difficult, you know, to see. And uh, so he was, but he was very complimentary. And, and I know he must've liked it because I heard from Shane Lowry this week that Roy keeps talking about the show and how much he enjoyed this episode. So <laughs> that was good, but yeah, yeah, no, the guys were excited. You know, most of the feedback was just kind of like, oh, wow. Like that was really fun. Really enjoyed it. You know, and I think that, the guys who have seen it are now telling the, their, their peers and their friends about it. And I think it's, you know, I'm getting a lot, my phone's ringing off the hook, all I'm saying, you know? So if there is a season two, we're going to have a ton of access. What is the range of outcomes here, Chad? Um, we have, you know, Dan Rappaport tweeted the other day that maybe you already have cameras following Max Homa. We don't know if that's true. Maybe you can tell us if it's true, but you know, <laughs> are, are you filming in, in the assumption that maybe you'll get a season two, what could happen in the next few days here? When will you know, uh, what's going to happen in the future. I can neither confirm nor deny that those cameras are our cameras following Max Homa and several other players this week at the WM Phoenix Open. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're we're not saying anything publicly right now. Gotcha. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, we're getting to the end of the time here. I'm going to steal a quick question. Sorry, Sam, to jump in here. No, but please. You, you had a really good question in the Slack there that we did about you know, okay, let's look at Drive to Survive. You can you can do that chronologically because it's all building up to a season end points race. Yes, the PGA Tour does have that as well, but we all know the four majors are the biggest things. 
was it difficult to figure out, you know, you guys come to the, to the Phoenix Open, you come to the PGA Championship multiple times in different episodes. Was it a tough thing to figure out how we're going to structure this from a chronological perspective? And uh, it seems like episodic was what you came down on. How did you arrive there? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a pivot. Um, we had originally planned on, you know, there being a Masters episode and there being a US Open, you know, all the majors kind of getting an episode. And, and it just... It just panned out that like you can't guarantee that you get enough story each week to really hang it around an event. And like you mentioned, you know, and the Masters, uh, you know, as amazing as the Masters is, they were unfortunately had to go first. They were like our first major that we shot. It was still pretty early in the year. You know, guys were still getting comfortable. So it's like and it's the Masters. So you're not going to like get as much access from the players that week because it's their first major that the cameras have been around for. And so. You know, so so the hardest conversation was actually calling the majors and basically saying, like, you're not getting your own episode. You're going to be sharing wow. it with other episodes, you know, and, and I thank God they understood that, you know, once they sort of saw it and could get like that. Hey, actually, it's more powerful to see this from different perspectives. And, and ultimately, like what I explained to them is like, we're not here to do the story of the Masters, or the story of the Open Championship. We're here to do the story of what it's like to compete in those things. And we want to hear it from the player's perspective. So. You know, I think we had we had we sort of ended up, as we said, sort of falling into this character driven approach where storylines kind of ebb and flow. It's roughly linear throughout the season, but definitely like some episodes span a whole season. Some episodes go back in time. You know, I think that like if we were to do another season of this show, you know, we now have the you know sort of depth of access and the sort of strength of our cast to be able to like maybe arc some narratives across multiple episodes. And there's a little thing that happens at the end of this year that might provide some good competitive stakes for both players from Europe and the United States that could make for an interesting sort of season long narrative. Last question really quickly. We've talked about all the things we love. What was uh, an example of something that you loved and you just couldn't find a way to shoehorn it into an episode? You know, it's a, it's a good, it's a really good question. Um, I'm not going to name names here, but there's a, a very, very well-known player that we shot a lot with. And he and his wife gave us a ton of access. And there's a scene that they did together where they're at their house and they're having like, they basically drink a bottle of wine together talking about why it's so hard to win and how you get your game back to the top of the game. And it it was just like this really honest conversation. And by the end of the glass of wine, they like go jump in their pool together (laughs) because it was like (laughs) they drink a bottle of wine together over the course of it. And, And that player's story just didn't really go anywhere. So we couldn't, you know, we wanted to use it, but, you know, it's like without like a major, which is their expectations or some kind of big dramatic thing. It's like, you know, being top, whatever in the world, it's like, doesn't quite cut it. So we needed, so that, that's like one of those things where, you know, we had to put it on the shelf, but would be amazing to use, you know, assuming that a player breaks out again, kind of gets back on top and, and we can use it. So always, uh, it doesn't go again, the trash. Let me tell you. Yeah. Sounds like uh, Tiger Woods to me. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> Chad, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, awesome. Thank you for coming on on short notice. Uh, great job with the show. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the next few days. And good luck to you, sir. Thanks, you guys. This is a lot of fun. All right, that was good. I, you know, what did you guys think? I, my initial thought is, were we were we cowardly and not... <laughs> And, and not asking him tougher questions, uh, you know, but I, I think it's, it's hard. Like we just want to get the essentials. You know, we had a half hour with him, which is super generous. He's so busy. So I, you know, yeah, I, 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 I did. Um, Sam I was, was mindful of that. I would have an hour in, 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 uh, in, in, to be honest with you, um, we had a half an hour. He gave fairly long answers. He was great answers. Um, so we didn't have much of an opportunity for follow-up. I mentioned being nitpicky at times, and so I didn't want to uh, be 
duplicitous about the fact that I did have some faults with it. But I, yeah, I would have liked to have had a little bit more opportunity to ask certain questions or or at least drill them down. But he, I will say this, he answered the most important question for me, which was there were plenty of opportunities where we had to uh, not get into the weeds of certain golf items and pull back and find the human drama and obviously find the lowest common denominator for, you know, 50 countries, X number of languages. So things that me as a golf editor, I'm like, oh my God, they didn't talk about this. Or they started with the RBC heritage. That's so inconsequential in the scheme of telling this bigger story. Yes, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, one thing I wish we had gotten to was the choice of episode one. How's your relationship with Jordan nowadays? Are you guys still tight? Yeah, uh, he's the best man at my wedding, so I hope uh, I hope he'd say the same. <laughs> and I actually, it yes. slipped, it slipped yeah. from my mind at some point. It wasn't it wasn't cowardice, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Sam. He answered the big questions. There always is the trade off between going, you know, appealing to the broader audience, but then going too broad that you lose like whatever specific thrust it is that makes golf special and that would attract other people to watch it. Let me just well, say, I, I think after all we've analyzed it, I am so fascinated to see what the reception is. And I'm ready for it to be like the entire golf Twitter could rave about it. And I'll feel kind of like a Grinch if that happens. But, well, you know, it, it's it's we're really five days from it. I mean, it, it's so close. Very close. Um, first off, you know, I, wait, what did you say? Oh, about the first episode. I think he has explained that before. So maybe that that's why I didn't jump to. And, and there was something about the Brooks. I think the Brooks episode was supposed to be first. This is from the GQ article. Um, and some other people at Netflix or whatever thought it was too negative or sad or something. And that's why they, they moved it. I know. I agree. And, yeah. and <laughs> get the feeling from Chad that that should have been the first, because he said he kind of began with Brooks and he had this great relationship with Brooks. And he was even worried that the live stuff might mess that up with, with Brooks. They'd signed him really early and, and he loved Brooks and Jenna and the whole access that they gave them. So I think, I think he probably would have answered it like that. Um, I was glad that he, you know, Sam got his big question answered. I kind of got my question answered too, in that I kept talking about how, like, you know, there's so much luck involved in this. And I was just glad because they did an amazing job and they had so much to go through. But it was just, it, I was glad to hear him say how lucky they felt <laughs> so many times throughout the year and that they pinched themselves when things happen and, you know, the Netflix effect. Um, you know, because there's only so many guys you can cover. And you could have had a year like, what was it, 2003, Sam, where like all these random major winners happened. We got like big guns winning majors, guys they had the cameras on. Um, you know, Rory didn't do it, which was kind of the one destiny thing that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Still bounced back at the tour championship. Um, and, and also that answered my question too about the one drawback with the Rory thing was that we didn't get that immediate reaction to him after. Well, he wasn't signed on with them. Yeah. So didn't give them that access. You know, the counter to that is they they got incredibly lucky in that uh three of the four major winners were guys who were part of the show. That's that is, yeah. you know, that's yeah. just serendipity. But the old saw about, you know, 90% of journalism is being there. Like they were there. And if They're they there. if they, yeah, they, if they weren't if so if they picked five other guys to follow, they might not have been major winners, but they might have still had amazing stories. So, uh, I don't think it's like complete luck. I think some of it has to do with the fact that they just put themselves in position um, strategically to capture, you know, great footage. You know, I, I look the episode one is. I guess that's the one thing that I would have liked to have pressed him on, but that that makes sense. And it goes back to that that whole idea. Um, Shane, you had mentioned the other day about how people like narrow, and I I do feel like that. Like we're not we're not giving um, the audience enough credit by being yeah. 
by yeah. being two brothers. That you know that line when you write books, you've done it. Shane is like, you know, if you're if you're if you're writing for everyone, you're writing for no one. You know, yeah. if you're trying to be if you're trying to be, um, you know, mass appeal where it's like it covers as much ground as possible, it ends up being sort of unfocused. I felt like they actually uh, struck the balance pretty well, though. Like, you know, again, we were all entertained. We had flaws or faults that we pointed, but but we were entertained. And I have no doubt that, you know, if my wife sits down and watches this, she will be entertained and learn a lot about golf and be compelled by some of these characters. Yeah, you know, truthfully, you're right. Truthfully, though, the biggest obstacle is going to be that episode one. It's going to get people to go beyond episode one. I really think that's going to be... But I wonder if... The, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I wonder yeah, if yeah. the novice golf fan... Or the novice sports fan will have as much fault with episode one as we do. Well, but, yeah, but we talked to Maddie, right? She didn't like it either. I mean, I, I, this is like playing yeah. devil's advocate here. It's it's Netflix. You know what I mean? You have 7 million options. If you don't hold right. people's attention for that first one, you're going to lose right. some of your audience. And now- yeah, there's that Pam Anderson documentary. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to watch that instead. I'm out. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right, so. put, on, put on Pam and Tommy. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, Again, it's all it's all sort of academic until we see what happens with the reception. I I would think if I were looking at it like Chad. Now, this is not telling tales out of school. Alex, you mentioned the GQ article, and like when I talked to Chad, he was very much like, you know, yeah, episode one is good, but wait till you get to episode two. Yeah, this is one thing. Yeah. There is the sense, and and you know, Chad is obviously promoting his own show. So when we when we feel something that may feel in the back of our minds slightly tepid from him, we can magnify it because he's not going to say you know he's not going to say you know episode one stinks or whatever and it doesn't stink and that's not what i'm saying but we'll see we'll see this this first episode i think is the only potential stumbling block i can see because you're right in terms of the broad entertainment appeal i think they struck a nice balance sometimes always hard to put yourself in the head of a non-golf fan but i would think there is appealing stuff here for all sports fans i i will say and and shane i know you rewatched an episode I, I maybe i'll be sick enough and go back and rewatch episode one because maybe we were too hard on it maybe now that we've seen the whole series maybe it'll make more sense i will and i also will say it did involve jordan spieth who is kind of you know when jordan spieth is winning a tournament there are more people going crazy than other than tiger obviously mm -hmm. anyone and rory doesn't even come close to jordan spieth jordan spieth people mm -hmm. like go nuts for him at least the golf people so at least even if it was the weakest one, at least they kind of had that magnetic guy who, who people flock to and, and, you know, yeah. star as well. So I would almost be interested. Maybe I'll do it tonight or over the weekend to rewatch episode one. Maybe we were a little too harsh. Maybe it fits a little better than we thought, but yeah, you do get the sense from Chad either through previous interviews or from him talking about just now with how much he enjoyed covering Brooks Kepka, that maybe if that had been the, that first episode, um, it could have been different. And you're right, Shane, like there are so many things to watch on TV or maybe not so many great things, but you do hope that you don't lose people on that first episode. And they're, and they're more like me, Sam. Remember, it goes back to the beginning. I always give a couple episodes. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of people don't do that, though, but hopefully they do. You are. You are. You're a much more devoted TV watcher. I don't know. If I that's am. A I, will, I, watch way too I get all you guys are both my guys for TV <laughs> yeah. recommendations. So I know we, well, yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite of Alex. I'll, if, if I don't like a show within 15 minutes, I'm out. I won't even finish the first episode because I, oh. I just I, I've done it so long. Now, if I'm reviewing it, obviously, then I'll, mm -hmm. I'll do yeah, more yeah. and say, yeah, I was right in the first 15 minutes. It stinks or <laughs> whatever. But uh, no, but I, I do think like. Alex, to your thing, let's say you go back and watch it and you go, actually, you know, it's better than I thought. For a lot of people, that's not going to matter, right? It's not, nobody's going to give it that second shit. Nobody's going to watch the whole season. Now, I don't know. I You you end up, uh, we're so involved in and so heavily into it. And 
frankly, like, you know, it's a situation where it's like when I wrote the, like the tiger's never going to win again piece in like 2015, <laughs> like, like that Sam gleefully tweeted out when he won the masters, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. No, but it's like, it's something you could look, it's not the same, but it's not that level, but you could end up looking kind of stupid. Right. Like if everyone's yeah. like, what a masterpiece episode one was, you're kind of like, Oh man, did I blow so it? Let me, ask, I blow it? let me but, ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Just take the eight episodes that exist right now. I'm not asking about redoing anything. What would you just start with if you wouldn't start with episode one? God, it's you know, I part of me is like lead with your best. Yeah, but, Joel, but, but Joel can you can you but it. but can you lead with Joel Damon? Is anybody gonna click play? Had lunch and he's like, man, might as well get a white claw. And I don't know if that's against the rules or frowned upon or whatever, but we weren't drinking during around, so I think it's okay. I don't know appeal to people in Luxembourg who don't know anything about golf. I don't know why I picked Luxembourg, uh, who don't know anything about golf. They don't know the difference between Jordan Spieth and Joel Damon. They're all just golfers. So I don't think that should be a stumbling block. You're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, it's, you know. The only thing I'll say is because most of these were like two people pitted against each other, not pitted against, but like the contrast. The Joel Damon one was really like, you know, the one guy. It's like then you set the the audience up for something that it's not going to be like the rest of the time. But sure. I still would. I still probably would lead with Joel. I, 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 again, I think he wanted to lead with Brooks, which I think would make sense too, because you've got that live tease right at the end of the episode, and obviously that was going to be a theme throughout. So um, I would say one of those two episodes, definitely not the, unfortunately, as we've all said, definitely not the Jordan uh, JT one. Let's let's not forget, not to give him an out, but Chad has bosses. You know, there are people, there are executives oh, yeah. Who, oh, probably, yeah. who are like, listen. You know, he probably had an idea that he wanted, and they're like, "No, listen, that's not going to work for us." And they would, they would one hundred percent be like, "You're not leading with Joel Damon." Right? They, they wouldn't do it. They, they yeah, probably, I never heard of this guy. I thought you guys. Yeah. I thought you got all these big names. Why did you? Yeah, start you yeah, yeah. Why, why are we leading this guy? Yeah. Cars. Why aren't you? Why are you leading with Joel Damon? Yeah. Well, so, that's why it would be fun to have been a fly on the wall for some of these interior discussions. That would have been cool yeah. because, um, but yeah, no, I thought you know it's some of the best stuff from Chad is the story of how he signed people, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and and how things worked out. His. I gotta say his persistence is amazing. He's the mm-hmm. best kind of person to run the show. Like, like the, he stuck on Roy for the entire year. He's mm-hmm. willing to take crazy chances. Like he just flew, like we talked about, he just flew to the tour championship, literally hoping to meet Rory in a hallway, which is mm-hmm. the kind of stuff I would do. Like when I was writing my first book and, and even now, sometimes if you want somebody, but this is a guy from Netflix, he's not just oh. some writer, right? Like in a shed like me. So like for him to do that, it shows that like Chad is uh, an extremely successful uh, TV executive who has like built his way up from working from small places in New York City, very ambitious, and he's like got a ton of guts. And I think him getting this show made is a victory in and of itself. And again, I, I'm kind of feel sometimes like a jerk coming here and being critical, but you know, we have to, and that's just honest. But you know, that kind of stuff is cool. Like Matt Fitzpatrick is only on there because like Steinberg basically told him, like, you need to have Matt Fitzpatrick on there. You know, if you're getting all these other guys, like Fitzpatrick is your guy. So I, the, the story of the creation of it, I think, is awesome. And I think, um, yeah, that, that was really good material from Chad. And by the way, that's an interesting point, too, is that he mentions that Fitzpatrick uh, is one of his favorite episodes. Yeah. And that's that's such a byproduct of him knowing the backstory of, like, the struggle they had, what they were there for, these individual things that, you know, as the artist, per se, you're mm-hmm. looking at it like, um, I know the the satisfaction I derive from from getting to that point. Whereas we might, you know, he mentioned Joel as like one of the ones he loved, but maybe, maybe because it wasn't that much of a struggle, like it was just so natural, he didn't feel as much of a sense of accomplishment. I'm just, I'm speculating here, but that, yeah. um, that's part of it. Oh, Shane brings up a good point. Like you guys are 
accomplished authors, book writers. I just marvel at taking that much info and condensing it into a book and the work you have to do. And so for this, a full year of following 20 guys closely, plus whatever else was going on at these events, and then to be able to condense it into eight, like it's hard. That's why for me, it's hard to be too critical because I just don't know how they did it. It's such mm -hmm. an incredible uh, yeah. scope that they had to do. So that's where I, you know, I think it's a big success. I think obviously we all hope it's, it's a huge success from, from golf standpoint. We've all heard about, um, you know, what Netflix has done for F1. I never heard of F1 hardly. And, and not that I know anything about it, but you know, I did a story on one of the guys last year, Lando Norris, and he even said, Oh my God, F1. I mean, it's changed everything in mm -hmm. this. Sport. So um, I, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen with golf, but obviously I think we're all very appreciative of what Chad and, and his team have done just to even get this out there. By the way, Shane, is your office really a shed? Is that are this? You this yeah. You go back a year and a half. This would have lawnmowers and like oh, no shit. electricity, no wood. My dad came. My dad is like your classic, like can build anything, fix any car. And oh. I'm just like, I'm just like the beta male loser son who can't do oh, any yeah. of that. And yeah. like my dad can do My dad came and built this whole thing. He wired That's it. Amazing. I stood there. I stood there holding a hammer and a wrench, like when he needed it, like that was everything. So That's yeah, this is, <laughs> this is, oh, well and, done, it has and it has changed my life. It has changed my life too. This is the oh, thing. Oh yeah. You have like getting, your own space. Getting yeah. out of the house, my own space. I got a dartboard over here. I mean, it is okay. We don't, we're not here to hear about my shed, oh, but yeah. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> so, um, so I guess, you know, just to kind of wrap things up, I mean, I, I don't want to do anything as glib as like predicting how successful this will be or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But what are, I don't know, what are our major takeaways from, you know, the 10 hours of content we've put out in podcast form on this show? I mean, did you, oh, I guess here's a good, good thing to think about. I got the sense from Chad, this is complete mind reading. I got the sense that he's feeling optimistic about a season two and that oh, there's yeah. going to be an announcement imminent. Don't you think? I think so. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. you know, kind of admitted they're following multiple people already. I mean, of course, they do kind of have to do that. They wouldn't if, if they did get the green light, you're not going to then be like, oh, shit, we, we had nothing on this season. I mean, you got to keep right. the momentum going. Um, and of course, as he alluded to um, as well, didn't drop names, but they have a ton of good stuff. Yeah on these other guys, the, the things that they, that they didn't get the luck to go their way where those guys didn't become the stars. They have plenty of ammo waiting for that as well. So I think he's optimistic. Um, I think I would think just based on the success that F1 has had that, that show that Netflix would give the full swing, a little more leeway. It's not like this is his mm -hmm. first project or their first project, it, it, even within sports. So I would think he, that he has to be feeling pretty optimistic based on that and, um, and how it turned out and probably some of the reaction. He's yeah. They green light so much crap on Netflix. I'm not saying the bar is solo, but like, <laughs> they really, really like, do. This is, Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Even though Shane was the most lukewarm on it, there's so even by his standards, there's so much better stuff. And we liked it oh, yeah. a lot more. So, so I, I, I just think the, 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 They've cleared the bar uh, that they needed to clear for there to be a second season. Obviously, it's expensive and and uh, you need access. So I'm not I'm not um, underestimating the task involved, but 
uh, I just think that this was a successful venture on a lot of levels and there's enough intrigue in golf. And I think, you know, it's one of those things that's going to feed off of itself where people are going to be interested in golf and there's going to be more people going to want to watch the second season. So I would be surprised, highly surprised if there's not a second season. I would too. One, one small thing though, they have to overcome here and Shane will know what this is. Sam, probably not. February 15th. I just saw when I was on Netflix the other day is also the drop date of the new season of Coco Melon. So, Oh, that's huge. The Netflix. Yes, absolutely huge. Yeah. Coco Melon Sam is a stunning drama, uh, an adult show of intrigue and subtlety. No, it's a, it's a children's. uh, Oh, (laughs) speaking of, speaking of TV and children, I want, I did want to tell my favorite story about Shane recommending TV to me. So Shane recommended station 11, which I loved. I actually read the book first because I I was so intrigued. I love that book and then i loved i loved the show and then he, uh, he was on twitter and he recommends he goes by the way euphoria was amazing so i write back on twitter like oh it sounds great you recommended the last one i'm gonna watch it and then he, he messages me on the second by the way don't watch euphoria with your children he did i think he thought my kids were like six my oh, kids were yeah, yeah, teenagers, yeah. but it still would have been awkward to watch with them because there's like so yeah. much sex and drugs on the show yeah, I, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just had this image of you sitting down with the family going all right guys shane ryan recommends station 11 here's euphoria and then just having like a miserable experience and yeah i was like i better i better dm him I, I, you know this is coming from somebody who uh, here's a great story that I have no idea why I'm telling, but watched like way too long of Boogie Nights with my mom when I was oh, a teenager. <laughs> we had no idea what it is, and we were both like too, yeah. like too, like uh, yeah. petrified and, and traumatized to like turn it off in time. And so finally, one of us was like, "We can't watch this anymore." And I like, went up to my room, and you know, did you not uh, know what it was about? Like we like dancing Boogie Nights. I mean, no, because the it's the kind of that was the era you could go like it was a VHS tape. You could go to the video store still. Yeah. Get, get a VHS and be like, oh, Academy Award-winning Boogie Nights. Yeah, it was just like, like, Boogie Nights is a great stars. movie. It's just How not- naive were you? Yeah, that's that's yeah. bad. But Pretty naive, my, I guess. My quick story with Shane uh, giving picks is more that because of his um, status as a, a critic, I, I always like to uh, send my tw- tw- uh, your tweets to a couple of my friends about yeah. those that they've already um, said that they like. But then when you send it, I say, Okay, Shane likes it, so maybe it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and they get so pissed. Let's <laughs> get the hell out. But they, but obviously you have you have great taste, Shane. So I take I, your opinion very highly. Appreciate that. Well, well and then, get into the Star Wars stuff. I I, I still haven't. I can't do it. I tell you, Andor is spectacular. Okay. The Alex story yeah. is that uh, he recommended Bloodline, and I think I'm like, I, you, you said Bloodline. The first so I watched season this. of Bloodline is standalone. Should have been that's it. And so, so that's the fantastic. thing. You recommended Bloodline. I was like, oh my god! I watched the first season. I watched the second season, and then I'm like, and then I, and then I finally got around to texting you. I'm like, by the way, I'm I'm watching Bloodline. I'm about to start oh, season yeah. three. You're like, oh my god! It's the worst season ever. <laughs> don't even out. finish it. I said, don't even finish I, it. That, that's Netflix, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Blood Bloodline was awesome. So I haven't seen season three. That's good intel. Don't, I'm glad. Don't I'm even, glad don't I, do it. Don't, it, don't, it, don't even it. bother, huh? Okay. Season one should have been it. So many of these shows do that, but hopefully not the golf because we need more yes. of the golf. Yeah. Let's keep that one. Going. Great right. segue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, go ahead, Sam. I, I, I have nothing special to wrap up here. I just think it was fun uh, going. And I, I hope this season two only so we can do this again. Yeah. This is too much fun. This was too much fun. I mean, I don't know how many people will listen to it, but I think more than we, 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 we think, but I had a ton of fun watching and, and talking about it. Cause that's what it's all about. Really. Exactly. Again, to, to share the stage with a legendary critic like Shane Ryan. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, enough, enough. Thank you guys. It was a lot of fun to watch the show, for, obviously, for sure. Um, 
and, and I'm looking forward. Hope, hopefully we hear news soon about season two. Yeah, we'll see you next February, folks. 